But you know, as I turn 50, I have to say, you do reflect a little differently. I think up until your 50s, you, you kind of focus more on your outside, like what you're doing, what you've accomplished. But, you know, as you get to 50, all that changes. You get a little slower, your schedule, your passions. And, and so I've noticed I really am starting to look more inside. And uh, just this uh, holiday season, having family in town, and uh, Haley's boyfriend, uh, David uh, Louie from uh, College Station, was visiting. He, he wrote this song called Inside Out. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to come today to sing it. They sing it at the 9 a.m. But it really made me start thinking about this idea from the inside out. And uh, during the, my, my birthday celebration, I was super encouraged. I was completely taken off guard as they found, made a video of all these different men in my life. Uh, from all over the world that shared things about me. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when you start to hear what other people say. Obviously, they're encouraging and they're trying to, to, to see, but when you're the one receiving it, you begin to wonder, like, is that what's really on inside? Now, it was confirmed on a lot of it. I believe that is what's on the inside. But it did make me think, it's like, is everything they shared that they've seen from the outside, is that really what's on the inside? And it really made me think deep about that. You know, and really, when you think about like social media, for example, I think this is a real challenge. Who are we really? Do people really know us based off social media? I mean, does your digital persona reflect what's on the inside? There's a little video to kind of, you know, get our minds thinking a little bit. Every minute. Wow. That's some crazy statistics right there about social media. But I'm more challenged by the fact that, am I really known? Is what's on the inside coming out? I think it's a matter of perspective and it's a matter of position. But the first verse that comes to mind of this idea of what's on the inside and how important that is, is a passage we all know from 1 Samuel 16, when Samuel is asked by God to anoint the next king. And obviously we read this, and the first part, second part of verse 7. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I thought, okay, what if the Spirit decided to write that same passage in our times? How might it have been slightly different? So I thought, maybe this is what it said. God judges persons differently than humans do. People look at your social media posts. But the Lord looks into your search history. That convicted me as I, as I, I saw that. I'm like, whoa. 
What's really going on inside? You know, there's a great parable of Jesus where He really wants to open up that idea. Are we focused more on the outside rather than what's on the inside? What is our position before God? So let's turn to Luke chapter 18 and we have this great parable of Jesus. Verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Now I want to make a little caveat right there before I go on. Is this first introductory verse is important for proper interpretation. First of all, did you notice it's not singling out any singular group? Right? It's just saying anyone who looks down. So it's, it's more of a wide scope. The problem is because the first person mentioned next is a Pharisee, we often interpret this as all Pharisees look down. That's not true. Okay? So we can't just summarize because only one Pharisee is mentioned, not many. Okay? So in other words, because of the wide scope of this parable, could it apply to us today? Absolutely. Because it's anyone who looks down on others and thinks higher of themselves. So let's see what the parable teaches us. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, we can get into this idea of, okay, it's about a Pharisee and it's about a tax collector. One's righteous, one's a sinner, right? Well, I think if you, if you actually take this parable and read it in the larger context of the narrative that Luke is giving us, you'll actually see there's a theme through several stories, including this one. And the theme is really about the difference between an outsider and an insider. That's the principle behind it. So though we're reading about a Pharisee and we're reading about a tax collector, he, I think Luke is more generally wanting to know he's looking at outsiders and insiders. A Pharisee in a Jewish religion is absolutely an insider. He, he's in the know. He's the top of the top. He's got all the knowledge. He's got all the training. He's an insider. Tax collector, absolutely an outsider because it's even a different category than sinner. Right? He's an outsider. So we have an insider, we have an outsider. Let's see what happens. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you. Oh, he's grateful. Yeah, don't, don't judge yet. Keep reading. I thank you that I am not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. It's almost like he's there, in there, and like this guy, out loud and in public. He just, he just totally puts him down. Wow. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. He, he wanted to make sure not only did he thank God for how great he is, but he wanted to make sure you knew that he does above average. He does a little extra for God. The actual commands to a Jew is actually only to fast one time a year, Yom Kippur. That's the only actual command given. You're allowed, though, to fast other times. The Pharisees go, hey, we're going to be more righteous than everyone else. We're going to fast twice a week. Then he goes, I not only give a tenth of my salary, I give a tenth of all I get. And that's the end of the prayer. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, the outsider, rather than the other, the Pharisee, the insider, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, 
and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Which one are we? I think this could be all a matter of your perspective and your position. In terms of perspective, is are you looking only on the outside or are you looking on the inside? And in terms of position, I'm not talking about prayer positions, raising hands on your knees. I'm talking about positions in your heart as you pray. That's what this verse shows us. What position are you in? See, this uh, quote by Philip Yancey from his book on prayer says, Prayer is the act of seeing reality from God's point of view, not yours. When you just take that quote, you already can see where the Pharisee and the tax collector are very different. So let's see the perspective and the position of each of these characters that Jesus has presented. But remember again, it's not about a Pharisee or tax collector alone. It's, it's, it's more general than that. Anyone who looks down. Outsider, insider. So let's start with the Pharisee. He's an insider that focuses on the outside. Find that ironic. You know, it's clear he's focused on the outside. It's a relatively short prayer. And it's all first person singular. Four times. I, 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 I. God's only mentioned once. Interesting. There's no petition. He actually asks for nothing. Because obviously he doesn't need God. He can do it all on his own. He's self-sufficient. Look how great I am. Thank you that I'm this way. So he was at least grateful, but not really for God. For himself. Wow. He is proud of his outside expression of religious faith, but at the same time looks down at the assumed negative outside expression of a tax collector. He is self-sufficient. There is really no need for God's help because he trusts in his outward deeds, fasting and tithing. So what's the position? It's a position of pride. Why? Because it says he's looking down. If you're looking down, you're putting yourself in God's position. Right? Yeah. And when you put yourself in that position of pride, at some point you are going to look down on other people. And you're going to begin to compare, which is what he did. It's a position of pride. He puts more trust in his righteous living of gaining standing with God rather than looking at himself through God's eyes. Putting ourselves in the wrong position, a position of pride, will absolutely lead to looking down on others. You know, the Greek word used that's translated looking down means to treat with contempt, look down on, ridicule, to show by one's attitude a manner of treatment that an entity or person has no merit or worth. So he's going, thank you God for how awesome I, 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 I am and what I've done, 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 done. But this person doesn't worth anything. Don't even listen to him. Wow. Now I know you might be saying, well, there's no tax collectors in, in, in our day. Well, as long as you pay your taxes, there will be one if you don't. <laughs> Trust me. They, they will come knocking at some point. But let's consider, even as faithful Christians, who we might look down on. Punk rockers. Do you look down on you judge them simply from the outside? If you don't think you're judgmental, go see the movie Wonder. 
you will leave knowing you're a very judgmental person. It's an amazing movie. I won't say anything more because I don't want to ruin it. But you will be, you'll leave going, man, I am so judgmental. What about teenagers with body piercings? Do you look at them differently? What about gothic clothing? What about pregnant teenagers? What about divorced men or women? What about gamblers or junkies? What about immigrants or illegal aliens? What about those of a different religion? What about the poor, smelly, homeless people? I could go on with the list, guys. Are we really any different? Are we looking down? You know, what's amazing is Jesus shows us that God, when looking down on us, doesn't look down on us. So if you're going to put your position in the same as God, at least do it the way He does. Because He looks down on us without looking down at us. What about the tax collector? He's an outsider that focuses on the inside. That's interesting. He is so focused on that he appears even to be too ashamed to even pray. In fact, he doesn't even offer the normal prayer of adoration, praise, or thanksgiving. None of that's there. He has no merits. He claims nothing. But there are also no explanations, no excuses, and no comparisons. He simply admits who he is before God. I am a sinner in need of God's mercy. He has completely released self-reliance. He just simply puts himself at the Lord's feet. I can't do this. In fact, there's no deed that I could do, have done, or will do that will change my position. I need you. So what's his position? His perspective is inside. His position is of humility. He stood at a distance. He, he didn't even look up to heaven, but beat his chest. He, he, this is where it is, God. You know what's really in there. The other guy was standing up. Look at me, look at me. The sinner's going, God, you see this. You see what's really going on. You know me. Forgive me. That's the reality from God's view. You know, the common Greek word that's translated mercy is usually this one. You'll show that. This is the one that you most often find in the New Testament. It simply means to have mercy on, pity. Uh, It's it's in a sense to show kindness toward. What's interesting is that's not the Greek word used here. This one actually uses a different one. This one. This one has way more meaning. This means to make atonement for. It's a focus on the means for accomplishing forgiveness, resulting and reconciliation. To have mercy on. In other words, you're basically going, he's not just asking for kindness from God. He's saying, I have sinned against you and only from you can I find forgiveness. That's the mercy he's asking for. And it made me think, how often, which mercy are we asking for? We're just going, God, just please give me mercy. Be kind to me. Because overall, I'm really actually pretty good. Or do we see ourselves in the right position? I am a sinner in need of a mercy that only He can give and I cannot earn, I cannot buy. Which position are we? The difference between those two words is dramatic. See, being in the right position enabled the tax collector, even though he wasn't deserving of it, to still believe in faith and ask for forgiveness. He put God in the right position and Himself in the right position. God is the only one that can save him. He is the only one who can save us. It wasn't just an act of kindness that he seeked. He seeked complete 
forgiveness, and atonement. So how do we make sure that we have the right perspective and the right position? Well, Jesus commented at the end of this parable the answer, but I want to read a different translation a little bit to help open up our mind. Jesus commented, the message version, this tax man, not the other, went home made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. I like that translation. Who's justified? From the outside, you would say that the Pharisee. He's righteous. He's thankful. But Jesus looks at it and goes, no. The tax collector. The outsider who was willing to look inside. Outside. He looked inside. And then it showed outside. See, the reality, you guys, is we can fake the outside. You can't fake the inside before God. What's inside is inside. And just doing the right things outside doesn't always change what's inside. But if you're doing the right thing inside, you will end up doing the right thing outside. So when I think of 2018, I don't think I want to have resolutions of what I'm going to do. I want to have resolutions of what I'm going to be. Because that's more about the inside. And I don't have an answer yet. I need to think about it more. I need to pray about it more. But that's what I want to do this year. How about you? How important is it to focus from the inside out? Well, here's a few words of warning from Jesus himself. In case you ever wonder whether Jesus would say hard things. Uh, Yes. And he says them to the religious. To the Pharisees themselves. Look in Matthew 23, verse 25. Just a short section. There's a lot more he says. But this idea of inside-outside is really relevant from this passage. Verse 25 of chapter 23 of Matthew. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Which isn't that what a hypocrite is? Is when your outside doesn't match your inside. Right? Right? Isn't that what it is? You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Wow, he liked that phrase. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way on the outside you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Whoa! What should we be focused more on from Jesus' words? What's on the inside? And, I, and let's be honest, guys. Our movement, there were, there were periods where we really did focus too much on the outside. And it ended up revealing what wasn't on the inside. I thank God's grace. Amen. I thank God for the leaders that were willing to say, I'm a sinner, grant us mercy. And that we're focusing that direction, but we're not all there. Because it can't change on the inside without discipling. It just can't. Without discipling, you're not open with anyone. So there's no one to help you with the inside. The only way for the inside to change is you've got to bring it to the outside, but you've got to bring it out to the people who will say the truth like Jesus. And so I hope in 2018, if you really want to focus on the inside, then you absolutely must embrace discipleship. And you don't wait on someone to come to you for it. 
You go get it. If you want to change the inside. But it made me think, well, is there anything though? Because what if my inside's in a terrible place? Is there anything I can do on the outside that could help change the inside? And what's interesting is there's the same story in Luke actually gives us one thing that Jesus can actually make us clean on the inside. You'll be amazed what it says. Luke eleven thirty nine through 41 Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people! Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. What? Doesn't say anything else. There's no other deeds I could find in the Bible that's going to make you better on the inside. Only Jesus can do that. But the one thing Jesus actually says could help you become clean inside is a simple thing. The poor. So here's my question. MLK Day is coming up. Amen. Have you signed up? Good question. That's right, Tracy. She's our champion. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? But it doesn't surprise me because when you're really concerned for the poor, you can't do that and fake it. Not for long. You might do the occasional holiday benevolence, but you won't do it all year long as we're commanded unless it's on the inside. The other thing about the poor is when you really do care care for the poor, you're not thinking of yourself. You're thinking of someone else. And that's what changes us on the inside. So if I want to change on the inside, man, i got to do more things for the poor throughout the year. Because what's inside isn't always so great, is it? I need help changing the inside. And God has given us something that can. But for all the other areas we need to change on the inside, we need discipleship. We need to invite people in our life. Let's reveal who we really are. I'm a sinner. Give me mercy. And hopefully we do. Because we all need it. Amen? So my question for you in 2018 is who are you going to be? This is a question for me. Do you want to be the Pharisee who has the perspective of focusing only on the outside? It's a position of pride. Or you want to be the tax collector who has the perspective of focusing on the inside and has a position of humility before God? You know, I think it was the Spirit leading when this passage actually was shared at Emily Ames' baptism. And it was used, this version, the message translation, I think it's it's the appropriate ending to this message about the inside out. In Romans 12, 2, message version, it says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. The Pharisee, he went, thank you God, and then focused all on himself. Didn't he? The tax collector said, I'm a sinner. God, okay, now my attention's all on you because I can't do anything more. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity 
in you. I know for me, whatever years I get beyond this 50, I think I want to focus more on what's inside than what's on the outside. How about you? Are you going to focus on what's here? Or are you going to act this social media persona that's not really you? Are we willing to be real, to be known, and allow God to work in our lives? Let's close with a prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. God, we thank You for 2017. I know there are many things we could thank You for. We could thank You for the blessings, but we also need to thank You for Your discipline, for the hardships, for the sufferings. Because God, You use all of them because of Your fatherly love to train us, to transform us. To change us not just on our outside actions, but in our inside heart. God, I pray as we think back on this year, we will see what You have done, not what we have done. And as we look to 2018, help us to focus more on what we're going to be and not on what we're just going to do. Help us to have a heart for the poor because it's something You've given us to transform our inside. God, we love You so much. We look forward to this year to see how You'll continue to work in our lives. Please help us to be changed from the inside out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.